What a gift it is to be gathered with you together on this Christmas day. And I was, uh, last Christmas, I left um, after the midnight service. We got up early and went to be with my family. So this is my first Christmas day service to be with you all. And one of the things that I did not realize is that some people go to church on Christmas Eve and then come to church on Christmas Day. And there's one thing about giving you the same sermon on Christmas Eve as Christmas Day. I'm okay with that. But there's a totally another thing about giving you the same horribly corny joke. On, on Christmas Day, the second time. So, um, but it sets up the sermon a little bit. And so there's also, you need like enough people in a space to tell a really terrible joke because, you know, a few people will laugh. So I will bribe you all to, um, those who have heard it, just, just come on, make Christmas a little bit more humorous. Um, there was a guy named Robert who moved to Birmingham from New Hampshire and he was struck by many things. And, and having moved from the north to the south, it was a culture shock. Um, he was struck by the number of churches, especially the frequency that you would, you know, see them. Um, he would see them on the drive to the store. And he was trying to understand the bizarre southern rituals that he was encountering on a day-to-day -day basis. And so he would drive up and down Overden, and he would see all the holiday decorations especially the large nativity scenes um, that were smattered across the community. One of the scenes that he saw was especially confusing to him. There were um, this nativity scene and then three really good-looking guys with firemen helmets. And he was struck not being that familiar with Scripture. And he hurried home to open his Bible and he began pouring over the text, looking for any indication of firefighters being in the Christmas story. And he just gave up and walked into Publix across the street and to ask for some help. And they have that help desk, customer desk. And he walked up to the nice lady and, and he said, you got to tell me what's going on. There's these firemen in the nativity scene down the street. And she responded, of course, my friend, don't you know the wise men came from afar? Y'all are good. I mean, there were about 450 people in here, and they laughed about as well as y'all did this morning. Um, I need some way to set up. It is a long journey to get where we are today. It's a long journey. And I wonder how Mary and Joseph felt on that first Christmas that we hear about in our reading from Luke. Luke is writing about a decree that goes out that the entire world should be registered. And Joseph and Mary travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem and make this 80-mile journey, a few days' worth. And Mary is incredibly pregnant. So they're making this journey at one of the most stressful times in a person's life. They are exhausted. And I wonder, and maybe it's nice that we have a, a service when most of the businesses are closed at 11 o'clock in the morning, 
but it still feels like exhaustion is one of the main feelings during this time of year. Even with the help of Amazon, it's hard to get all the shopping in. There are expectations and anxieties and worries. We make promises to coworkers or family. We want to travel or are unable to travel and miss loved ones or people that are with us no longer or that anxiety of relationships that are broken. Or there's that pressure to feel like we're supposed to be merry and cheerful all of the time. And it feels like we have come from afar just to get to this moment, exhausted, heavy laden, and travel weary. And we add all of that to the overwhelming emotional anxiety of our nation, and we long for good news. But that is why we are here, to hear good news. That word good news that we are accustomed to saying is um, a term that is larger than just Christianity. It is the Greek word that creates the word evangelical, euangelion. And anytime something big and beautiful and powerful would happen, a euangelion would go out. And that's what was happening at this time. There was an announcement of the birth of Caesar Augustus. And for those of y'all that took your, your, your Latin classes in grade school or high school, you remember there are lots of Caesar Augustuses. This one would have been Octavius, rumored to be born of a virgin. And, and the idea was that he was here by the power of the Roman government to usher in peace for the entire world. So this good news of this Octavius being born of an empire being born of a virgin to usher in peace. And if you think about it, the, the, the environment that Octavius would have been born into would be very different than the story we'd hear today. Today, there is no midwife. There is no special place for Mary to be born. There's not even room in the inn. We've always assumed that Jesus was born in a barn, maybe with animals around. I can't imagine that Octavius would have had that same birth. I suspect he was born in an elaborate palace with people waiting on his parents at all hours of the night. Instead of there not being room, there was probably a special room that was made, maybe even a special palace. There would have been nothing ordinary about Octavius' birth. It would have been on the cover of all the tabloids. It would have been the symbol of peace. It was the symbol of peace for the Roman Empire. But we know how peaceful empires can be. Even the very best of governments that model the ideals that we hold to be true do not promote peace and prosperity for all people. I think that's just the reality of what it means to be human. For humans to usher in peace, it always comes at a cost. This is why there is such a high price for the freedom that we have as citizens of the country. But true freedom cannot be something that is given by humans. The peace that Rome tried to promise resulted in using violence to suppress the voice of dissent. The freedom that Rome promised ended with death on a cross. 
But that's where things get interesting. The most wonderful story that we have ever heard is so ordinary and simple. God comes in simplicity. Instead of coming to kings and queens or mighty warriors, God comes to us through an ordinary teenage girl in a world that placed more value on men. The first person who gives life to God in this world is young Mary. In a culture that placed more value on money and property and riches and wealth, God was birthed into the world in a barn, lying in a manger fit for the lowliest of animals. In a world that believed that peace could be promised by violence and oppression, God promised us peace through salvation. It's the most incredible story. It is God literally turning everything that we have come to know upside down. And then in the midst of it, in the midst of all that brokenness, is saying, I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to hold you at fault. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to be with you in the midst of all of this. About a hundred years ago, violence broke out in Europe in June of 1914. The Industrial Revolution and, and all the technolo technological advances caused war to be radically different than anything experienced before. It was the first real global war, and more than 9 million people were killed. War has a way of reminding all of us of the brokenness of humanity and the need for redemption. And then on Christmas Eve, six months after the start of the war, British and Germans were engaged in conflict along a 27-mile stretch in Belgium. And like most days, it began with firing from both sides. There's uh, accounts from letters of these soldiers that they wrote home, and Private Mullard of the London Rifle Brigade said, We heard a band in the German trenches, but our artillery spoilt the effect by dropping a couple of shells right there in the center of them. Despite this, Mullard was surprised at sunset to see trees stuck on top of the German trenches, lit up with candles, and all of the men sitting on top of the trenches. So he says, so of course we got out ours and passed a few remarks, inviting each other to come over and have a drink and a smoke, but we did not like to trust each other at first. Then suddenly something remarkable happened. They joined in singing Christmas carols, then music, then sports, and finally larger Christmas dinners. It continued into Christmas Day, just as we're sitting here. And for two days, the unthinkable happened. Germans and Brits and Scots and French put down their weapons and embraced Christmas, a real miracle an action that is unthinkable for disciplined soldiers engulfed in war. And can you really imagine that event? That is the power of love. See, that's the thing about Christmas. When we recognize the gift, it turns everything upside down. 
If you are feeling like Mary and Joseph, like you have traveled from too far away to get here this moment, and you are tired, weary, and need rest, there is light and hope in Christmas. If you are feeling exhausted from the turmoil of our world, there is hope in Christmas. If God can help soldiers on the front lines in Belgium lay down their fears and worries with their weapons, then God can certainly take our own fear, our own anxiety, our guilt, our worry, our stress, the things that we have done, the things we have left undone, our wrongs, and all those things that weigh us down and say, I am with you. Christmas is God saying, I am here with you. Because we are not here alone to walk this life together. I believe this wholeheartedly. While Christmas Day is often our more intimate church family coming together, people sitting next to you and in front of you and behind you, whether you have met before, whether you are a relative, that when we recognize the Christmas gift, that we will do everything in our power to listen and to love each other and to be with each other. Because the fractured way of our world is not the reality that we have come to know in Christ Jesus. The fractured way of the world is not the true reality. It is quite the opposite. God has turned everything upside down. We just miss it sometimes when we're not looking. I think it's, it struck me this week, um, two things did. One, last night we were singing Silent Night with candles. And it's that reminder that we get to shine a light in this world a little bit and help people see that the world is, is quite different. The other thing that struck me is realizing that I don't have to cook a big fancy Christmas meal this year. And, I, and my family will come here in just a few moments and join. And I hope that if you do not have plans today or if you have plans in a little while that you will go to the parish hall and join in a Christmas meal with the people gathered here. We are meant to be with each other, not fractured, but helping others see that the world has been turned upside down. So shine a light, see that things that are being cast down are being raised up, and that in the gift of Christmas, all things are being made new. Merry Christmas. Standing, let us reaffirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come in glory, judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, almighty God, for all those who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and in peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the services of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Bless all those who are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, and spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them joy in your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all those who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that you may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, peace I give to you, my own peace I leave with you. Regard not our sins but the faith of your church and give us the peace and unity of that heavenly city where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry. Humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. The glory of your name. Amen. 
Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Merry Christmas. Um, two quick things. The um, cardstock, laminated, kind of feeling um, sheet that is in your bulletin is the Christian Formation, the Parish Hall offerings for the spring. And then on the chalkboard looking side are the Wednesday night activities for the spring semester as well. Um, I encourage you to take that home and put it on your fridge. Um, so that you know and can keep up with what is taking place in the life of our community. Um, immediately following the service, there is a potluck um, gathering, so I invite you to join in the parish hall, which is immediately down the hallway, and I am sure, if you didn't know it was a potluck, I'm sure there'll be enough food. There always is. If Jesus can take a few loaves and fishes and feed um, the thousands, then we can feed 50 people, so... Um, I'm confident in that. So please um, join and stay. would love nothing more than to, to share Christmas with each of you. Um, the other meal is welcome for all as well. Uh, to receive communion, you can just come forward to the rail and kneel or stand, whichever one is more comfortable. Place one hand on top of the other, um, and I will place the host in your hand, and then there is gluten-free as well if you, are, uh, if you have any intolerance to that. Um, and uh, you can either intaint, um, or you can guide the chalice to your lips, or you can cross your arms. Um, you can cross your arms for both. You can receive a blessing, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, all are welcome to receive. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
continuing with our Eucharistic prayer. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you gave Jesus Christ, your only Son, to be born for us, who by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit was made perfect man of the flesh of the Virgin Mary, his mother, so that we might be delivered from the bondage of sin and receive power to become your children. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth is filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we'd fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night in which he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you, and come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for you, the people of God. This is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love Him and for those who want to love Him more. So come you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come because it is the Lord who invites you. It is His will that those who want Him should meet Him here.
Let us continue with the post-communion prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us, living members of your Son.